Greetings and welcome back to another and ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now on Masachet Brachot, Davav Amud Bet, at the very top of the Amud. <coughs> Continuing with some of our Agadot about the Beknesset, Amar Ravin Bar Vada Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. So if somebody is accustomed to coming to shore every day, and it doesn't come one day, God inquires after him. So it's the, the pasuk as, is as if saying, Who there among you is one who fears Hashem, who has walked in the darkness? So it's God's looking for him. Because if he were going to do a Dvar Mitzvah, then he's got light, which means HaKadosh Baruch Hu satisfied. But if he just went on his own business, ain't no galo. Then it isn't light for him. Then Yiftach B'Shem Adonai. That's the end of the pasuk. He should have my The reason that he ended up in the darkness, he should have trusted Hashem, gone to the Beit Knesset. His business would have worked out the way it should have worked out, and it said he didn't, so he ends up in the dark. If God comes to the Beit Knesset, we assume this is in time for Tefillah, and doesn't find a minyan there, miyad hukoes. He's angry. Why have I come? This is continuing on the same passage in Yeshayahu, the uh, uh, Yeshayahu's retribu- uh, um, rebuke of the people of Yeshayim. Why have I come and there is no man I call out and there's no one answering? Karati ve'enones seems to be alluding to the call and response that happens when there's a minyan, barchu and kaddish. Amar huna. Kol If a person sets a, a particular set place, uh, for him to daven. And the God of Avraham will help him. When he dies, they mourn for him and say, What a humble and a righteous, pious person, a student of Avraham Avinu. In other words, Avraham seems to be the one who was Kovel Makom Tfilah. There's Machlok, we've shown him here whether this means specifically when you're not in the Beit Knesset, where the whole Beit Knesset is a Makom, and if you, let's say, you have to daven at home, so you have a set place for it, or if it means even in Beit Knesset. How do we know that Avraham was Makom? And this we're going to see in the famous sugi in the fourth parak is the source for Avraham establishing Shacharit. So therefore, we understand that Avraham getting up early in the morning to the place where he stood is a reference to Tefillah. And we'll see that uh, exegesis later on and, and deal with it at that point. In any case, Avraham comes to the place where he had stood, which means he came to the same place again. When you leave the Beit Knesset, you shouldn't take a big step or a fast step. The idea is you should uh, sort of regret leaving and leave slowly as if it's not somewhere that you want to leave so quickly. The uh, um so Abayi says that's only leaving. When you come into the Beit Knesset, you should run. We should run to know God. So originally when I saw the students running to the Shi'ur on Shabbat, they're degrading Shabbat. Not exactly Chilul Shabbat, but it's wrong for them to run on Shabbat. When I hear this lesson from Rabbi Yishuv and Levi, that a person should always run to a Dvar Halacha, even on Shabbat, for to hear Torah, to do a mitzvah, they should run after Hashem like a lion is roaring after them. I don't know, I also began to run. Um, 
Amar Rabbi Zera. Agra de Firka Rihata. Now this series of statements uh, deals with the essential reward, meaning that you do a particular act, what is the end reward of that act? So, Agra de Firka Rihata. The reward for the parak, the big public shear, is in the running to get there. Rabbi Agra de Chala Duchka, the Chala, which was the regular convocation that would take place twice a year in Bavel, is the Duchka, is the reward is having to stand, deal with the pressure of all the people pushing against you in this big gathering. Rabbi Agra de Shmata the reward of studying a Shua is the logical um, tools that you get and the Svara, the concept that you get at the end. Papa Agra de Veitamayashtikuta, the Schar of going to a Beit Evel, is the is the silence. Uh, the silence sitting there quietly with the Avel. The schar of a fast is the stakat. Rashi points out, give stakat at the end of the fast day of the amount that you saved in food, and that goes to the Ani, that's the real reward. The reward of the eulogy is the crying that goes on. The reward at a wedding is all of the shtick and the uh, things that the uh, that go on to elate the bride and groom. That's the real reward. Somebody prays in back of a Beit Knesset, they're called a Rashash. And Amar, the Rashaim walk around. Rabbi says that's only true if you don't face the Beit Knesset. Like if you're in back of the Beit Knesset and you turn towards it, then you're okay. There was a fellow davening back of a shul, didn't turn his face towards the shul. Eliyahu came, Eliyahu appeared to him to be like an Arab. You're making it as if you have two masters in front of your master. In other words, there's the shul, and you're facing another direction. He took out a sword and he killed him. Eliyahu did, dressed as this Arab. So one of them said to the other, My karum zulut adam. There's a pasuk in Tehillim that's a little hard to figure. Karum zulut could be read as follows. So we're dashing karum, like Rome, things that are high up. We're looking at Zulut as something that is just low. In other words, there are, these are things that are very important, and people treat them very, very lowly, like Tfilah. They don't take much care with them. They have a different Rashak. So Zulut Livnei Adam, once you are Mizalzel Livnei Adam, because you need other people to help you, then you go like a Krum, which is a, a, a red. Kind of a thing as we'll see. Shinema krum zulnei adam. My krum. So what's a krum? There's a bird in the uh, Aegean Islands, and it's called a krum. When the sun comes up, its cob turns all sorts of different colors. So it's like a person gets embarrassed. They turn all sorts of different colors when they have to ask for help. The students of Yochanan said. If somebody needs other people, it's as if they've gone through two terrible crucibles. Eshumayim, fire and water. Shemar, herkavta, and oshtu roshenu, bainovayishvamayim. So the Pasukotilim says, you, um, you've put a man over us, in other words, needing other people, and we have come through the fire and the water. So once you need somebody else, it's like you've gone through that. The person should be very careful of their intent 
and make it real strong at Mincha. Why? That's when Eliyahu was answered on Har Carmel in his most famous stand in Malachim Aleph Yud Chet Shnemar. That's when Eliyahu came. Could be understood that it was at the time that of Mincha. Simple reading is when the offering was brought. Aneni, why do you say Aneni twice? Aneni shnoyeish min hashemayim. So remember the test: Eliyahu and the Nevi'ah Baal each built a mizbeach and each put an animal on it, and each prayed that fire would come down from heaven. And of course, the Nevi'ah Baal who went first had nothing happen, and then Eliyahu prayed. So what was his prayer? Aneni Hashem Aneni. Why Aneni shnoyeish min hashemayim? The fire should come down. Va'aneni shaloyamu masek shafim him and answer and also answer me that people should not start to think that it was magic. I'd understand it was you. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Afitz Filat Avit. A person should also be careful in Avit. Shenemar Tikon Tfilati Ketorah Lefanecha Masat Kapai Minchat Arav. The pasuk says, "I'm preparing my Tfilah before you." When I raise my hands up in the evening, you should also be careful. Hashem, hear my voice in the morning, and I will prepare it for you and anticipate, anticipate an answer. So every one of these speaks about a, a special preparation for the tefillah, and understanding the tefillah at that time is very, very special. Somebody who enjoys a wedding, meaning he was invited to a wedding and eats at the feast and doesn't elate the groom, he violates five voices. We'll see what this means. Five sounds. Yirmiyahu gives the famous nevuah that the day will come when in this place the people say is destroyed. We will hear so in other words, he is not participating in the celebration and adding to these five sounds of the sound of rejoicing and a bride and a groom, etc. But if he does elate him, what is his reward? Which means this is not a zero sum. Either you, 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 you get the reward or you, you violated something. If you relate a, a groom which engenders these five sounds of rejoicing, then you will merit to get the Torah which was given in five sounds. What five sounds? That's three. That's five. So at Matan Torah there were five kolot, and so the same five correspond. We have two more kolot mentioned right after the Aserat brought The people saw the sounds. Those were that's referring to sounds that happened before uh, the actual uh, giving of the Torah. He says, if you relate a bridegroom, it's like you brought a korban todash in Amar. What's the end of the pasuk? And the end of the pasuk is, I will restore the uh, the fortunes of the land. So it's as if you rebuild one of the destroyed buildings of Yerushalayim. And by the way, all of these, especially that last one, is much, much home in the Jerusha, and much has been said about it, specifically at Shabbat and wedding feasts, and we'll leave that for the Darshanim. So if you have somebody who has Yerat Shemaim, has fear of heaven, his words are heard, the famous last pasuk in Kohelet, at the end of all, when we've heard everything, fear God. So the idea here, someone who fears God, his words are heard. Why does the end of the pasuk say, this is all of man? 
that the whole world is created for this man with Yerat Shemayim. This man is equal in value to the whole rest of the world. The whole world is created in order to be ruled by this man, that he gives commands and they would follow it. If you know that somebody is, ready, is always going to greet you with shalom, you should beat him to the punch and give him shalom first. Seek out peace and chase after it. If the other fellow greets you and you don't respond, he's like a thief. Back to that passage in Shayao that we started with uh, today, you have cleaned out the the vineyard, and you have the stolen items of the poor man in your house. So it's talking about people who gouge the poor. But the idea here, as Rashi explains it, is the poor man has nothing to steal. So if you have that which is the poor man's, and it's a theft, all he has is his shalom. So you, you could steal a shalom, as it were. In the last podcast, we talked about Hakadosh Baruch Hu putting on tefillin. How do we know that Hashem davens? Shneimar v'aliyotim aharkotshi v'simachtim bevei tefilati. God promises in Yeshayahu, I'm going to bring them to my holy mountain, and I will relate them in the house of my prayer. Tefilatam lo neimar tefilati, not their prayer, but my prayer. Mikan shakadosh Baruch Hu mitpavel. So God davens. My matzlis. What does God say? Zutu b'atu v'emarav v'atzom l'fanai sheichbashu achamayit kasi. Very very hard to decipher this. But he says that God says it should become my will that my compassion should overcome my anger. And my rachamim should overcome all of my midot. And I should deal with all of my children with compassion. And I should always treat them beyond the letter of the law. Give them extra measure, which is, of course is a paraphrase of a tefillah that we say. Tanya, Amr Abishim ben Elisha, Yishma ben Elisha, who was a Kohen. Pamachan nichnas to the Torah lifnai vilifnim. One time I went in to bring the Torah. This is on Yom Kippur. For Aiti a Katriel Yad Unai Tzvaot Shu Yosheva Kisei Ram Venisa. I saw God. V'yamaylo Yishmael bni Barcheni. He told me, "Bless me, my son." Exactly the same tefillah that we saw earlier, but now it's in as a regular tefillah where man is asking God to do this. For now, now we will show, and I saw God nod his head at me. And that teaches you that you should not treat the bracha of a, of a simple person lightly. God is even interested in us blessing him. Continuing on with Rabbi Yochan and quoting Rabbi Yosef and Chalafta, So how do we know that you shouldn't try to appease somebody while he's angry? Let him cool down. At the Egel, when Moshe was begging for Hashem's forgiveness, Hashem said, let my face go, and then I'll give you a greeting. I'll give you a respite. In other words, let the anger pass. That's exactly what he said. Since when does God get angry? The answer is, in the time you have. God is angry every day. So how long is he angry for? Rega, a moment. How much is a moment? So that's 58,888 one of those in an hour. 
into a nanosecond. Vizuri Rega. What the number is, certainly mystical. Nobody knew when that exact moment was. It was one time a day that lasts that long where God is angry. And no one knows how to exactly pinpoint that moment. The only one in history who ever knew how to do it was Bilam. Because what did Bilam say about himself? He knows God's knowledge. Now what does that mean? He didn't even know what his donkey knew. He knew what God knows. Means he knew how to identify that exact split second when God was angry. And of course, the idea is that if you curse somebody at that moment, it'll work. That's what Michas says. Etc. And it says the mandat said kot adunai. Remember how God uh, protected you against Bilam, who knew tzid, uh, in order that you should know that kot avasham. What does that mean? I did great stakot that I withheld my anger, that nanosecond of anger, during Bilam's entire career. Because had I gotten angry, no Jew would be left alive because Bilam would's curse would have worked. That's why Bilam says to Balak, He says, How can I curse if God doesn't curse? So the, the, the way the Midrash is working it is, If God's not expressing his anger, now there's no way that my curse will work. How long has God angry for? So we gave a very tight fraction before. Now we say Rega. How much is a Rega? Rega commemorate, meaning a minute, a moment, a, a second. How do we know God is only angry for a rega? It's taken again out of context. It means But if God is angry for a moment, but there is full life when he's when he's uh, appeased or when he's uh, when he's giving favor. Hide yourself for a rega until the anger passes. When is this time? So we don't want to pinpoint it exactly. The first three hours of the day. When the cob of a, of a rooster is white and it stands on one leg. It does that all the time. Every other time there's some red stripes in it. Here there's no red stripes, it's all white. Right. There was a uh, Christian, perhaps, the Hamishavuta de Rabbi Yeshua ben Chabim Levi. He was in Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi's neighborhood, certainly feasible in the third century in Palestine that we have lots of minim. He would pester him a lot with psukim, just as we have now with people who come and bother us with their misinterpretations. So Rabbi Yeshua Levi was so tired of this guy that he took a rooster and he put it, he tied it to the bed, and he was watching at Savar, Kimata Ishata, when that moment comes, when the cob turns all white, Alte, I'll curse him. Kimata Ishata Naim, when that moment came, he happened to doze off. I see it's not right for me to do this. It says God is compassionate with all of his creatures, even this guy. It's not good for the tzaddik to be the one giving the punishment. That's the drashat. When the sun comes up and all the kings put their crowns down and they bow to the sun, God gets angry. So that's God's anger is at the Avodah Zarah. 
It's better that one person should have one feeling of strong contrition than getting all of the punishments, a hundred makot. With the example of the prostitute who whores after her lovers, and Am Yisrael finally is going to realize that she has to come back and go back to, her, to Hashem, that is a more consistent and, prom- and, and promising tshuva than all the punishment God could give. It's better than a hundred It's better to give rebuke to somebody who understands than a hundred lashes to somebody who doesn't. Again, it's continuing that, that, that tradition sequence. This deals with the hardest, the thorniest problem that uh, religion deals with. There are three things that Moshe asked for at the, at the aftermath of the ego, and God gave him. He asked that God's shechina should rest on Israel, because God, of course, is threatening to remove everything. And he gave it to him. Please walk with us. He also wanted Am Yisrael to be distinct and that God's Shechina would not go within the nations. And that will happen. And we should be wondrous or distinct. And he said, I also understand how you operate in the world. Tell me your ways, which means, this is the real problem. Why is there a tzaddik who has a good life? There are bad people who have a good life, bad people who have a bad life. When he gave an answer, Moshe tzaddik tzaddik ben tzaddik. That's his father was a tzaddik also, so he has a good life. Tzaddik v'ralo, tzaddik ben rasha. So if his father was a rasha, then he'll be a tzaddik, but have a bad life. Rasha v'tovlo, Rasha ben tzaddik, Rasha v'ravo, Rasha ben Rasha. So just invert it. Let's take a look at that. Amar mar, tzaddik v'tovlo, tzaddik ben tzaddik. Tzaddik v'ravo, tzaddik ben Rasha. Eini v'hakti, poket avonavot al-banim. Uchti v'venim lo imtu al-avot. So we have what seems to be a contradiction between the description of God's punishment in the Aserot Adibrot, that he remembers the sins of the fathers on the children, and it says in, in Parshat Kitetzei that children will not be killed for the fathers. Uh, that's the talk about a dude, but in the meantime, over Amin and Kray Hadadi, we threw that together as a contradiction. And our answer was Lokasha. If they continue their parents' way, then they're punished for it. And they can't say, well, that's all I knew. But if they repudiate their parents' bad ways, then they are not held reliable for them. So tzaddik ben rasha doesn't work. This is the proper answer. Tzaddik v'tovlo, tzaddik gamor. If he's a full tzaddik, then tzaddik v'tovlo. Tzaddik v'ralo, tzaddik sheno gamor. So if it's tzaddik who's a little imperfect, then he doesn't have a great life. Rasha v'tovlo, rasha sheno gamor. If you have a rasha who has a good life, so he's not 100% rasha. Rasha v'ralo, you see rasha who's got a bad life, is a rasha gamor. Opinion of mayor, and this whole position of Rabbi Yossi, that God gave him the answer, so that all three questions is at odds with Rameo. He only got two of the answers, but two of his requests answered, but not the third. I will be gracious with the one I'm gracious with, and I'll be compassionate with the one I'm compassionate with. Meaning, meaning, even if he's not fit. I treat the people the way I treat the people, and you're not going to understand it. 
And this is going to go back to something that we saw yesterday in the previous podcast. God says, you cannot gaze at my face. You have to see my back. So this is very powerful kind of comeuppance. God says to Moshe, I wanted to show myself to you and you didn't want to. At the snag, you heard turned away. Now you want to see my face? And you want to say, no, I'm not interested. This is at odds with the Drashav Rabbi Yonatan. He has a different position. He maintains that God, Moshe turning his face away at the snare was actually a very good thing. Uh, because of the reward of three great things Moshe did, he was zochah of three things. that he turned away and didn't look at God at the bush. He had the wondrous face which had to be hidden. It was so holy. And because he was afraid to look at the snare, they were afraid to come to him. Afraid meaning they were in reverence of him, the people. Mishar mehabit, that he didn't want to look. Zachar lo tunat adumayabit. He was so to be able to gaze at God. So in other words, uh, here, Rabbi Yonatan sees God, Moshe's reticence to look at God as a praiseworthy thing. Back to the Egel story, in the aftermath, Hashem says to Moshe, I will open, take my hand away from the hole in the uh, cave, as you can see, and you'll see my back. What does that mean? He showed him his knot of his tefillin that we discussed in the previous podcast that God wears. Back to Rabbi Yochanan, quoting everything that God ever said, which was a good gift, even if it was a conditional, he didn't change his mind or take it back. Hashem said to Moshe, this is Moshe's retelling the story of the Egel, that Hashem said, leave me alone, I'm going to destroy them, and I'll make you a great nation. Even though Moshe prayed and canceled that terrible decree, nonetheless, he fulfilled it through Moshe's children. He did make him a great nation. So in the very Amin, it says that Eliezer's children were Rechavyah HaRosh, what does the Mala mean? The Mala is They themselves are more than 600,000. How do we know that that means that number? So from the famous description of Am Yisrael's population explosion in Mitzrayim. Nobody ever called Hashem Master, the name that we use in prayer, until Avram came. When Hashem promised Hashem Avram the land, he said, My Master, how do I know it's written that way uh, in the Torah? How do I know that I'm going to inherit it? And Daniel, when he was in trouble with Nebuchadnezzar, was only answered by Shut Avraham Shinemar. Now notice, he doesn't say Lamancha. 
That's what he should have said in, for your sake. But Ram Laman Avraham Shkrachadon. For the sake of Avraham, called you Adon. That's the reference. This goes back to where we started. How do we know that you're not supposed to try to appease somebody when they're angry? Wait till they calm down. Same pasuk we had before. So we had before, nobody called him Adon. Now we have nobody ever thanked God. Until Leah came along. And at the birth of her fourth son, Now I will, this time I will thank God, because I have a fourth son. So now we're talking about the names of the sons, Reuven. What's Reuven? So the simple shot of Reuven is Reuven. See, there's a son. Look at the difference between my son and my father-in-law's son. Who is my father-in-law? My father-in-law is Yitzchak. His son is Esav. Even though he, uh, he knowingly sold his Bechorah with his soup, what does it say about him afterwards? Esau was still angry at Yaakov for the sale. Actually, for the theft of the bracha, but but the point is that Esau, when he gets angry, says, that's why he's called Yaakov. When he plays on the name Yaakov, he ambushed me twice. He ambushed me first by stealing the Bukharah, but he sold it, which means Esau, even though he did it intentionally and knowingly, nonetheless kind of tries to back out. On the other hand, my son, Reuven, Yosef was given the Bechorah without Reuven's consent. Famous passage. The the text tells us that uh, Reuven lost his Bechorah when he violated Yaakov's bed, the story with Bilhah. Nonetheless, Reuven was not jealous of Yosef. Reuven tried to save Yosef. Root, so now my root, what are we going to do with the name Root? Which, by the way, is the only name in Megillat Root of the famous characters that we don't really know what it means. Why is she called Root? Because she was Zohar to give birth as her great-grandson to David, who filled up God and pleased God, Root, with Shirot V'tishbachot. So how do we know all these things? Yehuda, Reuven, Root, the name is meaningful. Go see the great works of Hashem who puts destruction on the land. Don't read Shemot, but rather Shemot, um, uh, that God puts names in the land. In other words, names are somehow given through some divine vehicle. Again, quoting Rashbin. It's bad to have fighting going on in the house worse than the apocalypse. That when Avshalom rebelled against David, it says, David. What does David say in that parak? My, my enemies are so many, and many are trying to hurt me. In the previous parak, it says, Why are the nations all getting angry and, and talking nonsense? Well, it's a rather, but it doesn't say I have a lot of enemies. In other words, enemies outside of the house I could deal with. Now, parenthetically, why is David praising God that Avshalom is rebelling? Why it should be a, an elegy, it should be a, a dirge. 
What's it like? It's like a fellow has a chov uh, come out against him. Somebody's going to collect. Before he it was collected from him, he was upset. He didn't know it was going to happen. Once it was got paid off, he's relieved. David. David knew. told him. You're going to have a rebellion come from within your house as punishment for Batsheva. And Uriah. He was upset. Maybe it'll be one of my slaves or a mamzer who won't have any compassion. Once he thought it was Avshalom, he was happy. Because he knew that Avshalom would not hurt him that badly. Um, continuing on, you're allowed to try to challenge Rishayim in this world. Those people who abandon Torah will praise the wicked one, but those who guard Torah will challenge them. Somebody says to you, Don't be competing with wicked people. Don't be jealous of those who do bad. It's only somebody who's weak-hearted who says that. means the Don't compete with them to be like them. Doesn't mean you can't challenge them. Don't be jealous of sinners. You should be. You should focus on your Hashem. Any is it really true that you're allowed to mess with them? If you see a wicked person who who right now is living the life of Riley, is having success. That's not exactly right. Riley, but he's having success. Don't mess with him. His ways are successful at all times. For he'll beat you in din. Lord Elisha will have it so rav. Not only that, but he's going to see his enemies fall, which might be you. Shemar called so rav yech by him. It's all tilim tet yod. Is talking about money gougers and wicked, wicked uh, 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 people who gouge in the market. So the kasha, one, one way to answer is how many did they have the If it's a personal issue, so if things are going well for him, leave it alone. But if it's a heavenly issue, it's something that you're at shemayim, then you got to challenge him. It could be both of them read the shemaya. If he's a regular rasha, challenge him. But if he's a guy who right now is very successful, then wait it out. Could be both are talking about a guy who's very successful. Depends who you are. Are you a complete tzaddik who could take him on, or an incomplete tzaddik? Why are you watching as the Rasha devours one who is, who is more righteous than he? How could a Rasha destroy a tzaddik? God will not let the Rasha hurt the tzaddik. Nothing bad will happen to the tzaddik. Ella means tzaddik imenu bolea. That the Rasha could destroy somebody who's just better than he is, but not somebody who's a real tzaddik. We could go back to the answer that says that when things are going well for him, really we should leave him alone because he's on a roll. Wait till that calms down. We'll see two more of these statements. We talked earlier about, in this podcast earlier, about the value of having a set place 
before tefillah. So anybody has a set place for tefillah, his enemy is fall in front of him, which is something that we just referred to. This is in the Nevoah where Hashem says to David, you can't build the bayit, but I'm going to set you up and you'll have a, a secure place and your son will build the bayit and you will live there for your guys odd. Uh, and the sinners will not try the, the wicked people will not uh, persecute them like they used to and the idea is you have a set place they won't persecute you I've heard about Iktivanoto and in the retelling of the very it says Lachaloto not just to persecute but to destroy so the answer is what they really intended to do was to destroy they started by persecuting us and then they hoped to destroy us Last of these statements that we have for today. It is greater to be an apprentice to Torah than to study the Torah. Meaning, apprentice with a gadol and see how they behave. And Shimush is understood really to be watching how they actually rule in practice when they have to make rulings. They mentioned that, that here we have Elisha. In this city, he's Elisha. Not the Elisha who studied, but the Elisha who served water to Eliyahu. So the greatest praise for Elisha is that he was Eliyahu's valet. We'll pause at this point to pick it up with more Agadot on Davzayin Amabet in the next podcast. In the meantime, you should have a wonderful day.